Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. We are at episode 134, Diagnosing Your Unavailability. Diagnosing your unavailability. It's so easy to put all the focus and energy on the other person's unavailability. But remember, like attracts like. I was inspired to do this episode because full transparency, I had my podcast producer reach out and say, we actually need your podcast recording earlier because they're going away on a vacation as they very well should. Shout out to Daniel and Michelle. They make this podcast happen and they're amazing and they're unbelievable editors and they're so supportive. And I've been with them from day one of these 134 episodes. And we are at almost 400,000 downloads. Ah! I cannot thank you guys enough for the continued support, love, loyalty. Please share with your friends. Please rate this podcast five stars and give it all the love so that more people can receive the love and wisdom from this podcast. Because I know that so many of you are creating amazing results just from this podcast alone. And that just makes my heart a million percent sore. So I wanted to do this episode on diagnosing your unavailability because of a brilliant client of mine who asked this question when I jumped on Instagram Live yesterday and said, guys, I got to record this podcast. I ended up getting an extra day from Daniel and Michelle, and I loved this question. I thought that I had directly addressed it before because I speak so much on unavailability, but I think that she posed a really interesting question that a lot of you could get a lot out of. So before we get into diagnosing your unavailability, let's just go over what unavailability means in terms of having an unavailable partner. You're welcome. Went back on the Google, and it's someone who's unable slash unwilling to emotionally commit to an intimate relationship with you. Someone who's unable slash unwilling to emotionally commit to an intimate relationship with you you. So before we get into your own unavailability with yourself and how you can figure that out, her question made me think about so many clients who I've worked with. I'm I'm like seeing their faces because this woman who, this client who asked this question is not alone. I've had a lot of women come to me and say, like, I just keep attracting unavailable men. No, just like, just so you know, like it's a fact that I keep attracting unavailable men. So you have this story and it doesn't, I'm not saying that it isn't true, but you're making it seem like it's this thing that just like happens outside of you. And even if you intellectually know, like clearly this client who posed this question and I, she is just doing so much beautiful work in this program of my program. I don't think I've mentioned it yet. Same title as this podcast. 
stop wanting him back and find someone better, you can go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and find out all about it. It's for all women. Doesn't matter your sexual orientation. And this client has been killing it in the program, showing up in spades. I see her name on all the calls. I offer three group calls a week and she isn't even in my time zone. And I see her on majority of them. And I think that even though you do get the recording, so if you can't make all three or you can't make any of them, you get the recordings in your member portal and you will learn so much by watching other women just like you getting coached on their minds, as well as the course library where I have 60 videos introducing you to all the tools and all of the ways that you get in your own way when it comes to healing your heart, deepening your relationship with yourself and finding someone better. So this woman is amazing and brilliant and super smart and super dedicated to this work. So she intellectually knows that she is the creator of her reality. She's like really doing the work and looking at her thoughts and showing up in spades. And she's doing so much other work, energy healing work, which I think is so important. And she joined me on a sober September cleanse. She and I are similar in that we have Irish blood and we've got a wooden leg. We don't identify as alcoholics, but I'm sure there are many of you listening who can identify. I have lots of friends. We like to take the edge off most nights with a glass or two of wine, but really that just creates more brain fog. And I think it definitely disrupts the self-coaching process that I want all of my clients, all of you practicing daily as if like as important as brushing your teeth and eating three meals a day, five meals a day, whatever it is, eating and brushing your teeth and cleaning out your mind every single day. I say I, I do it 99% of my days. And I really think if you are someone who has a high tolerance for alcohol, you don't wake up with a hangover, you can still function at a high level. I don't think you can, and maybe this is my own projection, but I don't think you can break through habitual old thoughts that don't serve you that are creating persistent results that are really unsatisfying, whether you're stuck in your heartbreak or you are continuing to attract unavailable people, you're not finding your person. I know for me, I have so much going on in huge goals that I'm setting for myself. And when I am drinking very little to no alcohol, that is a game changer for me. So my point of sharing all of this is, again, a classic Mary Claire Burns side tangent is my client who posed this question of, of how do you diagnose your own unavailability is that she is doing the work. She really and truly is doing the work. And yet, just like me, I think it's fair, fair and safe to say I am doing the work. I work my ass off with my own coaches. It can feel like your reality is very real and is happening to you. So I've heard so many times, like, I just keep attracting unavailable men. Like, this is my pattern. This is what I do, Claire. And so it may be true, and you may have lots of evidence to support it, but we actually have to diffuse that. And so then usually when I unpack these women's history of unavailable men, it's like two dudes or three dudes. It's just that they've spent a long time with those people. So it makes it sound like you've attracted 10, 15, 20 men. <laughs> and it's really just, okay, I found myself in a relationship with one un unavailable guy. And then they move on to the next relationship. And it's another unavailable guy. Or maybe it's three or maybe it's four. But it's like, let's diffuse it. It's like, oh, I attracted this unavailable person and I attracted this unavailable person. And in my program, what we do is we really unpack 
what worked, what didn't work, what you would do differently next time, not as an um, an exercise to make you feel regret, an exercise to just get really clear on how you attracted that person, what was working at the time, what were you not seeing that you now see now? How would you show up differently in the version of yourself now with these lessons, with this level of awareness? However, that doesn't mean there's any guarantees. The way this client posed this question was, how do you diagnose your unavailability so that you don't attract unavailable men? Now, this is going to sound a little bit contradictory because I do believe that like attracts like. Like attracts like. However, if you keep attracting unavailable men, instead of solving for why they keep showing up, I'm slowing this really down. I'm slowing this really down. I'm really slowing this down to keep this as as simple and as clear as possible. If you keep attracting unavailable men, instead of solving for stopping that, I want you to solve for just saying no to them. Sometimes, for lack of better words, I don't like to think of, I don't like the phrase, the universe is testing you because it makes it seem like the universe is like your mom trying to like push you to your limits or see if you've really learned your lesson. And I just don't think God and the universe work that way. I've shared this story before, and I'm going to share it here again. When I moved to LA the second time back in 2014, and I had a huge commercial running that was just paying me a lot of money for two days of work. So I really didn't have to work a job. I found an amazing therapist. I was living with my best friend. Everything was like solid for a second. And I got myself into an incredible acting class with an incredible acting teacher, Leslie Kahn. I like to think of her as the Simon Cowell of acting in Los Angeles. She has a heart of gold. She's a brilliant acting teacher, but she's also going to tell you the thing that you don't want to hear. And you can only imagine being in a classroom of very sensitive actors with very big egos that some shit that she said was real hard to hear. But I was raised by Irish Catholic parents, so... (laughs) I loved it. I loved getting the tough love. I loved getting the tough love from an expert who I really trusted and believed like, fuck yeah, that's exactly the thing I need to work on. Very similar to coaching. I mean, she coaches actors. And I had uh, an interview with her before I got placed into a, a really amazing group of people and a really talented class. And I was, you know, telling her my story. And she said, you know, you've got great credits from New York. I had, you know, some decent um, acting credits on my resume. But she said, you know, you're 33. Like, why don't you have more? And I said, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I've had like, and this was just a couple of years after my rock bottom relationship. And I said, I have been caught up in a lot of personal drama, Leslie, and I've been really distracted by that. And I've been really unhealthy. And now I'm really in a solid financial place. At the moment, I found a great therapist. I'm I'm moving to I've just moved back to LA. Fresh start. Like I'm so committed to my acting career, which is so hilarious now because I just don't miss it at all. And I love what I do now so much more. But this was just seven years ago. And I said, I'm just so committed to this. And I'm so committed to, you know, your process. And I had a lot of friends whose acting careers changed from working with Leslie. And she said, Well, you know what's gonna happen, right? And I said, What 
what do you mean? What's going to happen? She's like, here you are. You're in this great place. You found a great therapist. You're financially secure. You're going to get started. You're going to like get more credits. You're going to work more here. You're going to grow your acting skills. And what's going to happen? And I was was like, what? She was like, Mr. Knight in Shining Armor is going to appear. And my face lit up and I was like, oh, really? And she was, she slammed her desk and she said, you know what you're going to do? And I was like, what? She was like, you're going to run the fuck away. And I was like, oh, right, right. And what she meant by Mr. Knight in Shining Armor was he's going to appear to be Mr. Knight in Shining Armor right when everything just all seems to be falling into place. And it's like, are you so committed to you? Are you so committed to yourself? Are you going to get sucked back into some drama that's going to fuck you up again? Or are you going to clock him for who he is and stay focused and stay committed to this new version of yourself. And so that really landed on me. Anyway, I didn't take her advice because I ended up getting involved with multiple unavailables that derailed me, but ultimately got me to here. So I was in a good place. I was doing the work and yet I just wasn't breaking my pattern of attracting them. And I think the real work is if you do attract them, just say no to them. I even think about, you know, as you guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I've been offering consultations for my program, which I don't plan on doing for forever, but my program is relatively new. So I just want to connect with people and hear their questions, hear their concerns, and give you guys the comfort, the safety, and the certainty to join this program and connect with me before you do. And last week, I had four consultations. Some of them might be one of you listening right now. All of them were no-shows. I think one person canceled in advance. Oh, and yeah, one person canceled in advance, but I've had some no-shows. Am I going to spend all my time being like, how am I attracting these consultations that cancel on me? Or am I just going to keep serving and create my training, how to find your person for the right clients to show up? It's really my 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 business coach, Stacy talks all the time about how selling is like dating. Are you going to be focusing on what isn't working and how to solve preventing people not showing up on dates? Or are you just going to not make meaning out of it, and keep your eye on the prize of wanting to find the available person. I'm not going to make meaning out of this. And then I can always say, well, if I'm attracting flakes, where am I flaking in my own life? It might not have to do with my business. Where am I flaking in my personal life? Where am I flaking out on people who might need me right now, right? It's an opportunity to say, okay, I don't have to make this a problem, but I also don't have to solve for preventing the flakes from coming. The flakes coming aren't a problem. It's the meaning that I make out of it that it becomes a problem. It's just a no, okay? So if you have an unavailable guy who keeps making plans and canceling, it's just a no. If you if, if we've never met and you cancel on me two times, three times max without any good excuses, sorry, it's just, it's not gonna work. This is not a good way to start. If I'm dating you and you're telling me how much you like me, but then I don't know when we're going to see each other next for like the whole week. And then you're like telling me you're still not sure about what your plans are for the weekend. And it's Thursday. Chances are you're unavailable. I had a client 
who was really excited about this guy. They seem to really connect on an emotional level. And he, he, she went away and he was telling her when she gets back, he was going to cook her this lavish dinner. And then day of, he was like, yeah, I'm running late, whatever. And then she got to his place. He wasn't even home yet because he was still working out. And when he got home, he still had to shower. And there was no lavish dinner prepared for her. And it was like date three. There was no awareness. There was no apology. There was no, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I had to get this workout in because I'm so stressed. I know I promised you this meal. And please let me make it up to you. It's just tonight is a shitty night. That would have been different. But he didn't even have the awareness to acknowledge that he didn't follow through on his word with her. So I think it's very easy to clock unavailability. And I think the best way to stop attracting it is just say no to it when you see it. And the more you, this is key, you guys, the more you say no to it, the less frequent you will attract the unavailable men. I don't feel like I said that with proper English. (laughs) I've been way in over my head focusing on my how to find your person webinar. And so I have been thinking and coaching and just like have my have my mind on the finding your person. And so my brain and my mouth are just not in alignment. But we know my mouth works faster than my brain. So there you have it. But The more you commit to saying no every time you clock unavailability, the more those unavailable people will fall to the wayside. So, so far, two big things to take into account. You have a story that you keep attracting unavailable men. And I would really ask yourself, how many have you attracted and what were the lessons and how did you attract that person and what do you now know that you would not do again? And really kind of diffuse this story. Even if you have great evidence to support that it's true, it's a story that isn't serving you when you're like, how do I, even when you pose the question, how do I diagnose my own unavailability so I don't attract these unavailable people because you believe that that's what you already do. And we just have to say, wait, that happened in the past. I'm clear on this situation. I'm clear on that situation. I'm clear on that situation. Look, you guys, I share all the time. I attracted lots of unavailable people. Even after my rock bottom ex, I still attracted like six unavailable people that I was really into from the ages of 33 to 38 before I called Larry in. But they were all unavailable in very unique, different ways. And they all taught me some were similar lessons, but some were each very different lessons. And so really just evaluating each situation instead of just having this one big generalized belief of like, I'm this person who attracts unavailable people and I got to diagnose my unavailability, even like the word that she chose, which I think is really interesting, diagnose, like how do I diagnose, right? Like it's just making it a bigger dramatic problem than it needs to be. What if it was just like, not some diagnosis. It was just like, oh, I recognize I've been attracting this kind of person or I've attracted two kinds of two men who are unavailable in very different ways. I specifically know this about this particular client who she's had two big relationships, but they're both unavailable in different ways. And I now see what I couldn't see in the beginning. So now I have way more awareness about how I would now show up in my next relationship. I also have way more awareness about what emotional unavailability is. 
And before I even go and find my ideal person, I've got to understand my own unavailability. So this particular client is an interesting case because she has said, you know, I have the dream house. I have the dream job. I already have beautiful children. I've got those parts figured out. And so in the fall in love with you section of my program, we really talk about healing your lack of love for you in various areas of your life. It could be the way you treat your body, the way you talk to your body. It could be your relationship with money. It could be your relationship with where you're at in your career. I have a video called I'm Not Successful Enough. It could be your own discomfort of being with yourself and not really being okay with being alone and leaning into your loneliness. So I have a video in the fall in love with you section, how to handle your loneliness. I also have a video in the fall in love with you section called love just isn't in the cards for me. Really working on your belief that love is in the cards for you, even when you're not actively dating, because this fall in love with you section is not the end game. It's just the knowing that you really are so okay with you and your own company and so okay with you being a single woman, regardless of the age you are, regardless of where you're at, regardless of what happened to you in previous relationships, because that peace that you make with you and your own company and your single status and your relationship with all these various areas in your life that are not directly anything to do with your love life, that is going to take you to your most up-leveled partnership with someone else who's more healed, whole, up-leveled, and secure and confident and self-owned as well. But in this client's case where she has lots of those boxes checked off and she's really proud of the accomplished woman that she is as she should be, she's here scratching her head. But one thing that I do know, and I've seen this not just with her, but with other clients when they say things like, I do all this work on myself and I'm working so hard in the coaching program. I also work with a therapist. Yes, some of my clients work with therapists and work with me, and I am totally okay with that as long as the work is compatible, as long as I'm not saying complete opposite of what the therapist is saying, and you get to pick and choose which one is going to give you the answer that you like best. I don't say this because I'm better than the therapist or the therapist is better than me. It's just that it gets confusing, and then you're not taking the guidance of the healer that you hired. You're picking and choosing what feels comfortable for you. I did it myself. <laughs> So just always being care that you, careful that you don't have too many conflicting cooks in your kitchen. But what I know for this client in, in particular who's doing so much work and what other clients have asked me when they're thinking about their own unavailability, but they feel like it isn't the area of money or their body or their career or they're okay with being alone, they're okay with being single, there's still this hang up on the X. There's still this like holding a candle to that connection. And that in and of itself is unavailability, pining for and longing for that person. So I think that the work lies in a next level of commitment to just like I know for her recently, she was saying still missing him. And not that I have a podcast episode called Missing Him Isn't a Problem. It isn't a problem. But when you're missing someone who has displayed so many signs of unavailability, not to mention, she said, you don't even want to know some of the shit that he pulled. It was borderline Jerry Springer shit, <laughs> which by the way, I've been there myself. I'm laughing because I just relate to her on so many levels. But that, you know, this is not your guy and you're still missing him. So that would be where the unavailability is, right? I'm still missing this person who we had like 
Jerry Springer shit unfold. I'm still missing this person who made me a fuck ton of empty promises. I'm still missing this person who still finds ways to reach out to me to still give me the empty promises. It's not okay. And really committing to how not okay his behavior is. And and she has repeatedly said, and I know, and I'm just pointing it out because she's the person who asked me this question, but this is not just her, multiple people. I don't want to demonize him. And I always say, you don't have to demonize him. But even the thought, I don't want to demonize him, is still very subtly and very sneakily giving him a little bit of an out on his behavior. It's like, you don't have to demonize him, but you also don't need to like really wish him well. That was something that she had recently said in Ask a Coach, where you get to write in and ask any question and get a coached response. So if you don't make those three calls and you really want your question answered, you will get your coached response in 24 hours instead of calling your girlfriend and wanting to have a victim pity party and have her get in the pool with you and have you get more fueled up and fired up and feel justified and say, what the fuck is my life? No, you can write in to ask a coach which she so beautifully consistently does. But she even just said, as an aside, it wasn't even about the thing that she was reaching out to me about for, but she was like, I do really wish him well, though. I do still wish him well. And it's like, those are the sneaky things. It's not that I'm saying wish him a shitty life. It's just like, what if it was just an option to not wish him well? And what if it was an option to wish him well? Like, what if that wasn't even something that your brain needed to entertain? Why do you wish someone well? Again, it's not, I want to be very clear here. It's not um, because I'm all about kicking your ex off his pedestal, whether he was a good guy, not good guy, but take him off his pedestal because it's just not serving you in your healing. It's If you really want to commit to unavailability, I would strongly suggest to her not even entertaining wishing him well. Thoughts are not only what create our emotions that drive actions that yield our results. Thoughts are also optional. Thoughts are optional. So I would suggest not even giving him any of like the love and the compassion and the well wishes. It also doesn't mean going to the opposite of fuck that guy. I'm also not suggesting that. You don't have to say fuck that guy. Fuck that guy really worked for me with my narcissistic sociopathic ex. But he really was like, I do think of him as a horrific human. So if it works to get a little fired up, get a little fired up. But what if it was like, I don't even need to wish him well. I don't need to not wish him well. It's just it's optional to take that thought and replace it with wishing yourself well. How about that? So there's always ways. It's just always subtle ways of, okay, okay, well, I'm feeling good about my money life. I'm feeling good about my body. I'm totally owning the fuck of my, out of my singledom. But I am still like in, like recently, as of late, it's fall and it's bringing up feelings of longing for me, which again, it's not a problem, but I would work on the longing. I would work on the missing because when you're longing and missing for someone unavailable, there's your unavailability right there. There it is. And this is the beauty of being in this program because I do have this 60 video course, but not every single video is going to apply to every single person. But I still think that they're all so educational because it's a beautiful opportunity for you to see how the mind can get managed in all 60 videos, whether you think they directly apply to you or not. But even if you're like, wait, it's not these things you get to get live coached or you get to write in to ask a coach and figure these things out. So I love that this client, she asked me it on, on an Instagram live, but it, it inspired a podcast. So she's getting extra coaching and you 
you should thank her because she just inspired all of you to think a little bit more deeply. If you are continuing to attract unavailable people, there may be some residual unavailability within you. But instead of trying to solve for that, you can just actually say, oh, I'm clocking it because now I'm more educated on this. So I'm just going to choose to say no. And then keep looking at where you may be unavailable to to yourself. And if that's confusing to you, get in the program and get coached on it and figure it out. And if you are pining for someone who is unavailable still, there's your unavailability right there. And looking for the slippery slope, sneaky thoughts that they don't feel innocent, right? You think that those thoughts are innocent, wanting to have peace and wish well. But then if you're also simultaneously missing that person, like, sure, when I think about uh, my unavailable ex, the last person who broke my heart four years ago, he was the nicest guy I had dated, which is sad to say, because when I reflect back, not that nice, not nice, some of the things that he said to me. But if I was to pass him on the street, I would genuinely be like, hey, how are you? Like, I don't think he's a bad person, but I'm not I'm not even consciously thinking, I really wish that guy well. It's just like doesn't even occur to me. It's just like, hey, how are you? One thing I know for sure, amazing teacher for me. One thing I know for sure, he was like the actual catalyst for me to be inspired to go from general life coaching to women to heartbreak coaching for women. I was already a coach when he broke my heart. And when he did it, I was like, whoa, I'm showing up differently this time. And I'm going to create a process. I'm going to talk about it because nobody's talking about heartbreak, dating, and relationships in the way that I do. And I'm going to be louder about it. And I'm not going to give a fuck what other people think. So he inspired that. I thank him for that. But I'm not walking around being like, I wish that guy well. I don't wish him ill will. I also just don't wish him well. It's just neither or. I'm like way too focused on loving on me, loving on Larry, loving on his kids, my life. So it's just even the sneaky, subtle thoughts. That's the beauty of this work in the program is that you don't know what you don't know. You can't see what you can't see with your blind spots. We all have them, my loves. So get into the program. Let's check out your unavailability. Let's diffuse all of that and find yourself a year from now madly in love with yourself and someone else, if not sooner. I met Larry at the end of September of 2019, two years ago, exactly today. Is it today? By the time that this comes out, September 28th, 2019. I don't know. I can't remember what what date today's episode is released, but we were already madly in love in, in December. And I know that that's a quick turnaround, but I hadn't been in love for nine years. I hadn't said I love you for nine years since my rock bottom relationship. And because I had done all the work that I had done on myself, telling him that I love him just felt so right and so good. And I was ready and it felt right. And it is right because here we are two years later planning the rest of our lives together. And that is so possible for you. If you are just listening, thinking easy peasy for others, easy peasy for Claire, go back to those first batch of episodes. We have 134 episodes. I do what I do because I was a freaking hot mess myself, a total lost soul. And it wasn't for my lack of trying my loves, but it was just that I didn't have these tools that are so accessible and available to you. And you are worthy of this investment of yourself. You are worthy of investing your time. You are worthy of investing your money. I've had a couple of consultations where people say, oh, I should save this money for my kids. Your kids want you to spend this money on yourself so that they can have a happier mom. And even if you don't have kids, your future children want you 
to do this work. So they are raised by a woman who loves the fuck out of herself. And when she is hurting and when she is lost and when she is sad and when she is feeling rejected and abandoned, she shows up and she does the work so that she can be that strong, confident, really happy person. Become her before she comes in or do the work, even with your kids in your lives, because they want that for you. And I think 6K for this program, and I don't know if it's going to jump you guys, because I'm looking at the transformations the women are having in this group. And I, I already know that the value is so much more. You can definitely check out my recent episode, The Literal Price I Paid for Love, and what I think about the value of coaching to get you to a place of finding love. I think that there's no shame in investing in next level healing your heart so that you can walk around not with that heavy pang and sinking feeling and the obsessive thoughts that are bleeding into every other precious area of your life, every other precious relationship of your life. And there is no shame in investing and figuring out how to create the fairy tale ending that I finally did. And you can do it in so such a much shorter amount of time than nine years. So head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com. If you want to reach out for a consultation, I am available, but do not flake. If you flake, you do not get another consultation with me. But you really don't even need the consultation. All the answers are here for you. You want to find love? You want to heal your heart? You want to figure out and diffuse that unavailability and love the fuck out of your singledom? This program is for you. So just get in, saddle up, pull up the big girl pants and say, I am ready. I had someone recently say to me, I'm just not sure if I'm ready. You get to decide that you are ready right here, right now. And I'm telling you, in September of 2022, you're going to say, thank fucking God, it was the best investment I ever made. Yes, that's how confident I am in myself as a coach. That's how confident I am about the tools in my program. And that's how confident I am about the women in my group. I just got teary with them the other day. And I said, just keep trusting me. Keep showing up and doing this work. Trust the process because I slow them down. Some are itching to get out there and find their guy. And I'm, I'm so clear and intuitive on where they all need to be. And that oh, that will effortlessly bring their person in that much sooner. The work works, my love. I couldn't, I could not love this work more. I couldn't believe it in in it more. I couldn't believe in you more. But the decision that you are ready has to come from you. And you can do it right now. It's literally just about saying, I'm doing it. I know also people have said, and I've talked about this recently, I'm I'm just, what if I disappoint Claire? This is not, this is not about disappointing me. This is getting in the arena as Brene Brown talks about, getting in the arena and showing up in your resistance. Listen to my podcast episode from last week where I talk about my client who was just like, when's it my turn? And we just have gone over all of the results that she has created since she has been in my program in February. We had her lighten her load. We had her starting to say no to people because she was such an automatic yeser a people pleaser and was exhausted and working crazy hours at a job that she didn't even need to work. She was taking on so much on her plate because she didn't like saying no. She lightened her load. She slowed things down. She moved into a home and was just freaking out and feeling really lonely. She addressed that. And then she really committed to next level starting her own business as an entrepreneur And that freaked her out because then she wanted to start giving her services away for free. I was like, what are you doing? No. 
And then she really struggled with starting to charge people and own her value and her worth, which I think is so crucial in falling in love with yourself. And I think that this is something that is so common for women who are selling their services, naming their price. And I really believe how you are in one area affects other areas. And then this guy comes along who was a little bit mixed messagey, and she really got caught up in him very quickly, which has happened to the best of us. And she inspired that three-part series of being an empath that I did on the podcast. We can link that up in the show notes. And she felt super triggered, and it brought up a ton of shame, and we worked through that. And then she had residual childhood trauma come up, which we worked through that as well. And now she's building her business. She has more clients that have shown up because of the work and she's just created so many results. And so we went over that the other day and she literally just broke down in tears. She's like, I am so, I've done so much. And it's so easy to just say, it's not enough. I have to do more. I need to be pushing. I need to be going. She's a little tired. So I said, let's slow it down. Let's chill. There's no race to get to the find someone better section. Let's just enjoy you dating yourself. Let's enjoy these results of being more healed in your life. And let me tell you something. I'm I'm speaking for her, but I'm sure she would agree. When she signed up, I did a little pre-launch in February before I officially officially launched this program in April. When she signed up, I don't think she was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to healing that childhood trauma. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to taking more off of my plate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to building this new business. Those were not like parts of the plan. There were little things that she was like, oh, that would be cool. But things just come up when you dig deep and you show up to do the work. And this work is so crucial for her before she calls her guy in. And her guy, this is a little thought that I gave her and that I want to offer all of you, but it really applies to my clients in the program. And I, you know, when I'm coaching her, I'm coaching everybody else watching that video, watching that live coaching recording. Her guy, I want her to think about her guy watching her being a fly on the wall since February when she joined and all the healing work and growth work that she's doing. He's like, damn, that's my woman. And I can honestly say, Larry, the love of my life, he is not drinking the self-help Kool-Aid like I am. He has a great appreciation for the work that I do, and he's learned so much about life coaching. And he definitely thinks that I have brought a deeper perspective on life and love because of the work I do as a life coach, but it isn't necessarily his thing. But he is in awe of where I was just Four years ago, I was heartbroken over that last guy I just referenced earlier, the one that I don't wish well and I don't wish ill will to. It's just I don't care. <laughs> you know, that breakup was the catalyst for my next up level that really inspired me to hire a coach and then multiple coaches for me to just take my life to this next level. And I'm living proof that this work works and I'm in amazing results. And uh, Larry just thinks that everything I've done with my life compared to where I was four years ago is like incredible. He's so proud of the woman I am outside of our relationship. And I had that thought before I called him in. I'm like, my man is going to think I'm amazing for all of this transformational work I'm doing that's only going to call in someone who's incredible and driven and ambitious and hardworking and kind and emotionally available, not just to me, but to himself and to his four children. Not that I even ever thought I was going to end up with someone with four children. So the rewards and the surprises and the wins and the ahas that come along with 
also the three results of healing your heart, falling in love with you, and find someone better are just the gravy on top. So get on in there and join Stop Wanting Them Back and find someone better today. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 